<sighs> Hi, everybody. It's been a while. I, I took about, I think it's been three weeks since I've done a podcast. And um, I kind of just wanted to share what's been going on with me over the last few months and um, some of the things that I've been not only struggling with, but also working on, overcoming. I mean, there's a there's been a lot for me and I haven't, I've had so much on my mind the last few weeks, but have not been able to find the right words to articulate exactly what I'm experiencing. The funny thing is, and I titled this Midlife Crisis because I, well, I'm turning 40 in like two weeks and it is just really interesting to me uh, the things that have been unfolding for me over the past few months and (laughs) funny to look back and see how um, Sean's birthday was over the summer. He turned 40 last summer and he went through kind of a similar thing where it was like this full on midlife crisis that now, I mean, that's kind of what we're going to call it because it just makes sense. We're turning 40. He turned 40 over the summer. I'm turning 40 in a couple of weeks. And it's been a lot of kind of peeling back layers. And I think this has been an ongoing process for me over the last three years, really. It started three years ago when I left my religion and it really has been such a process. I never would have imagined that three years later, I would still be working through a lot of these deep-seated beliefs um, and so many emotions. I just did not even foresee this. So I wanted to explain my midlife crisis and some of the things that I've been learning through the whole thing. And I think it's been more intensified over the last few months for me. And it's just coincidental, I guess. Or maybe this happens for everybody right before their 40th birthday. It's just like almost like overwhelming. It was so overwhelming for me to a point where I was just feeling like I hadn't made any progress in my life over the last even 10 years. Like, why am I still struggling with some of these feelings that I thought were only for high school girls, you know, like struggling with comparison, um, self-worth, all of these things. And (laughs) I might get emotional, but um, like, it's just interesting that you can learn so much. You can feel like you, you've accomplished so much or you've, sorry, it really just brings up a lot for me to talk about these things, but it's crazy that I could go all these years, like doing, doing so much, you know, like feeling so accomplished. Like I've done a lot in my life, but it was crazy that I could get to a point where thinking, thinking like, have I really accomplished a lot? it's like midlife now. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy, right? When you, I started like looking into like, what is the midlife crisis? Like, what, why does this happen? And, but you just start to wonder if if you've really like fulfilled all the things that you set out to fulfill, or if you've really grown all that much. So yeah, I guess it's just a lot of reflecting on your life, but it's crazy for me because when I'm like feeling emotionally stable I'm like what was I how could I get so low how could I not see all that I've 
accomplished you know I feel like I've worked so hard in a lot of ways I guess I could never give myself much credit thinking like all of my success is just mediocre because there's always somebody that's doing it better or I don't know in my eyes more successful so I was gonna title this is podcast episode 112 and I was gonna title it like putting people on pedestals but then I realized that actually no I think this is more like midlife crisis because realizing so much of what I've done over the years and um how I have not been able to listen to myself or find my own uh I I guess find self-worth in just being me without all the labels without all the accomplishments and I was doing research around the midlife crisis like I said and it does it happens because suddenly I think um, for women especially and I think for me particularly growing up in a religion that really puts a lot of value on motherhood and having a lot of kids and which I, I still think there is a lot of value in motherhood, but um, it was almost like that was my value. And my my youngest um, went to kinder or first grade this year, and so it was like this exciting yet scary season that I stepped into. Like I kind of didn't even give myself space to really take it all in. It, I went like straight from I've just always a pattern <laughs> that I see that I do is I just keep myself busy I'm just always so like focused and like just always busying myself with accomplishing more doing more um and not really like taking it in and I think that's kind of what happened like I just jumped right into like career even though I've always had my blog and my my podcast and all these things that I've worked on but it was always more of like a side thing but I was like oh my gosh finally this is my season to like really take things to the next level and so I just like went straight in you know, became a life coach and um, just was really excited about a lot of things, but I never really let things set in. Like, and then I found myself like falling backwards. I was, felt like I was making so much progress and like, this is so exciting, good, awesome season of my life. But I was, I felt like I had fallen back like years, all of all the things that I had worked on, you know, when it comes to my personal development, I felt like I was, like I said, went back to high school. Why am I feeling these feelings of self-doubt and not seeing, not seeing the value in who I am and without being a mom? I mean, I'm still a mom, but you know, it's just different now. I'm not having babies. And I think I really thought that that was my main purpose to have babies and then when you're not having babies anymore you're like oh my gosh and you start to see like they're gonna be all grown up and they're gonna move out and like then what who am I (laughs) so there's just a lot of layers and a lot of things that I had to really analyze and consider so I needed to kind of take a step back I think from everything that I was pursuing and give myself time to really find like this deep value that I I know I have, but I just like had so many other things that I thought was what brought value to me. 
well, there's so many different things. So maybe it'll come up as I start to talk a little bit more about it. But I did write, I wrote something um, a couple weeks ago and I just kind of wanted to write or read it now because it really expresses exactly what I've been experiencing. So first deep breath. Okay. Thank you guys for listening and allowing me to express myself because it is like a form of therapy for me (laughs) to be able to say these things out loud and to have people listen and to, you know, I'm sure some of you can relate in some ways, but, um, it's really helpful for you guys to be here with me and listening. I wanted to talk about my lifelong habit of putting people on a pedestal, elevating others above me. Wow, I didn't think I was going to get so emotional because I've been feeling so much better this week, (laughs) but I guess it's just bringing back, been going through a lot. Believing that people like prophets, gurus, authors, doctors, celebrities, Instagram influencers, (laughs) YouTube influencers are simply better than me and that I should follow what they teach is the right way to live my life and how to be successful. The result of putting others on a pedestal has caused me to lose touch with myself and my inner knowing. It's also made it very difficult for me to pursue certain goals or feel confidence in teaching concepts. It's put a lot of pressure on on me to have life figured out. (laughs) And it has caused me to judge my own ability to handle life in the most emotionally mature way. It's made it difficult for me to be vulnerable and expose my weaknesses. I have felt like an imposter and and a hypocrite on many occasions. For example, if I know something and I teach a concept or a skill, that must surely mean that I have it perfected. I gave myself no room for human error and emotion. Okay. Because that's how I've always viewed prophets, gurus, teachers, I believe they never struggled with the same things as me. Therefore, they must be better. As I'm learning to remove the pedestal, I'm experiencing the freedom and liberation as I also have removed the pedestal from myself. Removing the pressure and judgment and standard I've been holding myself to. Understanding that none of us have it all together all the time. As much as we learn about human behavior, the brain and emotions, It's not easy to do what we know we need to do when we find ourselves overpowered by a specific emotion like anger, jealousy, or resentment. What I'm realizing is that although sometimes we feel we aren't growing or overcoming, we really are making progress. It's barely noticeable at times, but each time we experience something we don't like and we find ourselves overcome by an emotion we don't want, as we practice awareness of what's really going on, over time we begin to make incremental steps in the right direction. What I'm trying to say is we all fall apart sometimes. And falling apart is not a bad thing. It's actually the most essential part of our growth. We will continue to fall apart over and over again, and it's actually a sign that everything is functioning as it should. Welcome the moments of falling apart. Embrace it. Allow it and be present with it. And then we can observe it and become the researcher of our own emotions. Ask a lot of questions without judgment 
Where is this coming from? Keep peeling back the layers of the onion. Get to the bottom of it. Remember, breakdowns always lead to the breakthroughs. And isn't that what we really want? Then why are we believing that something has gone wrong when we find ourselves losing our ability to keep it together? We should welcome these people and situations that trigger us. What is it trying to teach you? How is this happening for you? These are the questions I had to ask myself multiple times. And some of the points that I wanted to make here, I've written down some bullet points that kind of came to my mind. Evaluating my midlife crisis that started three years ago, but has really intensified over the last few months. So empathy is one of them. The empathy that we gain as we dip down into the depths of despair is such a beautiful thing. Doesn't it feel nice when you can connect with someone who truly understands what you're experiencing? Isn't that such a gift? Okay, and then there's this one concept that I learned um, from Natasha Helfer-Parker. I can't remember who the original original person who shared this um, metaphor was, but um, he talks about how, um, the elephant and the rider. And you all know that I love elephants, so this is a perfect analogy for me. Um, so the elephant represents the 99% of your mind that you're not aware of. And then the rider, the, the one riding the elephant, is the other part who actually represents the conscious verbal reasoning and the things that we are aware of, the automatic processes. And it's kind of crazy when you look at that and realize that 99% of what's happening is our emotions. And if you compare the emotion to an elephant, you realize how powerful that is and how sometimes we do feel powerless. I mean, how can you <laughs> take control over an elephant? It has a six ton advantage over us. So as much as we like to say, yeah, like we can control our emotions, like it all comes down to our thoughts and, and you can choose better thoughts, but sometimes it's just impossible. Um, even as I was experiencing all these things, I was, I knew exactly what I was thinking. I was so aware. I'm like, I know that these thoughts are not serving me, but why, why am I choosing these thoughts? And why can't I like, why do I feel powerless? But this analogy is so helpful because it makes you less judgmental of it. Realizing that the elephant is so powerful. Like, why do we feel like we should have control of the elephant all the time? It's so huge and like ginormous and, and strong and way, way bigger than us. So if we just allow it, you know, it, it won't be so, um, we won't put so much pressure on ourselves to like have control over the elephant because we realize that it's impossible. So it's okay. It's normal to not be able to control an elephant. <laughs> Um, so if you think about it, if the elephant gets spooked, triggered, or feels a threat, or it's in danger, it will stomp around and trample anything that gets in its way. At this point, the elephant is far more powerful than the rider. The job of the rider is not to attempt to calm it down by force. That would be impossible. Like I said, the elephant has a six-ton advantage over us. And so we don't want to shoot the elephant. We don't want to abandon the elephant. We don't want to try to tranquilize the elephant, you know, by using drugs and alcohol or food to um, try to suppress. That's oftentimes what we do because it feels so out of 
our control that we don't, it's like, we don't want to feel the emotion. So we try everything possible to avoid feeling the emotion. Our job is to just allow the elephant to run it off and eventually it will calm down. And at that point, you, you can evaluate the situation. What went wrong? How can you work in sync with the elephant? We be patient and not forceful. The elephant can be trained and tamed over time. So we keep working with it. We don't punish it. We don't hate it. We spend time with it every single day. And the way to work in sync with the elephant is, is to speak to the emotion. You know, if you imagine that the, um, the elephant is just an emotion, how can we calm the elephant down? You speak to the emotion. Whatever emotion you're feeling, if, if it's fear, speak to the fear. Don't try to, like, bulldoze the fear and tell it to stop, <laughs> stop being fearful. You just allow it, you speak to it, you comfort it, you comfort it. Okay, and then another thing that was really helpful for me is, you know, to, to figure out the seasons that we are in. You know, I love to really compare our lives to seasons because throughout our lives we go through seasons as a whole, but we also go through seasons within each season there are seasons you know like there's a season of motherhood but within the season of motherhood there are seasons of babies toddlers teenagers adult children and so as I start to really compare life to seasons it helps me relax a little bit more and not feel so much pressure to always always be the same all the time if you think about the seasons that we go through in life, the seasons um, in our weather, in our environment, we can have a little more um, compassion for whatever season that we are in. And I think for women especially, we go through seasons, all four seasons, every single month. My seasons, every month, I go through seasons every single month. And the more I've been like kind of doing research on seasons and making the comparisons, it's kind of allows me to relax into it a little bit better. So I try to be aware of that and figure out what season I'm in right now. I've been trying to pay closer attention to the seasons we go through as women every single month. And my goal is to get better at working with the seasons rather than bulldozing my way through fall and winter which is what I tend to do. I've always been really determined to be consistent with everything I do, even at the expense of my own physical and mental health. So if I ever felt low on energy or under the weather, I would still go about my day as usual. I'd go, go, go all day, no resting, no breaks. And that's kind of just how I've done things. And I I think I just have taken certain bits and pieces of advice a little too literal. Like sometimes we don't always feel like doing things. You got to push yourself to do things, even if you don't feel like it, which I can understand that to a certain extent. But I think we also have to be so aware of our physical and mental health. And if, you know, like last week I, I had a cold and, um, and then the last few months I've also just been not feeling my best emotionally and mentally and I've been pushing through trying to just you know work and do all the things that I usually do in my normal way and I finally just let myself stop and rest there's you know little things like with social media 
it's been it's had such a hold on me ever since I you know been learning about social media and algorithms and all that stuff I always felt like this fear of loss if I didn't be if I wasn't consistent then I would lose everything that I've worked towards or built and you know so I would never really I would always say like okay I'm going to take some time off from social media and from my blog and podcast and YouTube and all the things that I've been doing all these years I would just say yeah yeah I need to um, take some time off but I, I never really did I would just um maybe take a, a couple days off but this is the first time I've actually been taking some real real time off and not feeling this fear of loss like if I stop doing what I'm doing I'm going to lose it all so yeah this is it's been a while since I've done a podcast episode um but I was allowing myself to just feel whatever I was feeling and go through whatever I was going through for the first time instead of just pushing through and it's been really really um refreshing you know like the spring and summer seasons you know we feel good we feel motivated and um we tend to you know have more energy and but then you know fall comes along we kind of start let you know letting go of our routines and schedules and then winter comes and we feel a little more like quiet and just like we want to hibernate and hide out it's cold outside you just want to get all cozy up and you want to be alone sometimes and so let me uh, share a few uh, little descriptions of the seasons that you might find yourself in so spring spring is uh, when new ideas emerge, we um, feel like we want to experiment. We see the world with fresh eyes. So that's the time to be gentle and allow failure, be vulnerable. It's the time where we feel the most focus and drive and confidence. Where we feel playful and social and creative. We have physical stamina, clarity. We want to learn and concentration feels easier. And then summer, we are, you know, go, 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 or like superwoman and everything feels easy and it's playful and we feel creative and we want to celebrate and we feel flirty and fun and sensual and social and giving and productive. And then, like I said, then fall comes around and, you know, we feel a little bit more critical and cynical and like falling apart. We really do feel like we're falling apart, um, which if you look at it as a whole, it's essential, like the falling of the leaves. It's an essential part of the cycle. So I would always hate the fall in the winter and I would not allow it to be what it is, but I didn't realize how essential it was to allow myself to go through these and to give myself space and time for it. The fall is the time where we feel more intuitive, more sensitive. Um, you might feel more hunger, cravings. You might want to speak your truth a little bit more, a little more out of the box thinking, assertiveness, edgy. I find that I'm in the fall season about a week before my period <laughs> and then the winter hits and we feel, you know, a spiritual connection. So it's not all bad. There's a spiritual connection. We need time alone. We need quiet and space, dreamy, releasing emotions. We let go and we rest. I'm really working to embrace all the seasons and know that as much as I love being consistent with things, that doesn't mean being so consistent that I'm not paying attention to my mental and physical well-being. So my tip would be, instead of having a goal to be consistent by sticking to a schedule or routine, be consistent with your self-care, relax, and follow your flow. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> 
So I think, you know, scheduling to be productive in spring and summer and for fall and winter, take care of your emotional and physical needs. Allow the falling apart to take place. Let yourself rest, hide out, and hibernate and know that spring and summer always come. I think that's kind of a comforting thing to realize is that, yeah, we might feel like we're falling apart and that that's such a bad thing. And I, I think when I feel the worst is when I think that, oh no, have I like dipped into a like medical depression where I'm not able to come out of this and that becomes like a spiraling a downward spiral where I feel like I will never come up again or I'll never feel good again or I might need help you know but whenever I tell myself you know this is just seasons of life seasons of the month and knowing that spring and summer always come again it's like okay everything's going to be okay. Sometimes we just need to be reminded and to maintain that hope that we're going to be okay. We're going to be just fine. So those are like the main things that I wanted to talk about and share as I approach 40. I am learning a lot. I'm learning to remove the pedestal. I'm learning to embrace the seasons and embrace the breakdowns, knowing that with every breakdown, comes a breakthrough. And I feel like I'm making some breakthroughs here. It's been challenging and especially challenging on Sean. (laughs) I feel bad. He's been so great and supportive, but it's been draining for him to have to deal with me. (laughs) But I'm grateful that he stands by me through the hard times. And anyway, yeah, this is my episode to show you my humanness and that We all experience these things and none of us have life figured out, even life coaches. They don't have life all figured out. We might know a lot about the brain and mental health, but that doesn't mean that we have the ability to master every emotion as they come. So we just need to have the ability to allow the emotions as they come, not judge them, not feel like, oh, because you're an expert now in certain fields, like, you you know, like if you're a nutritionist, how much pressure would that be to feel like you have to have everything figured out? That's what I'm learning about. Like nutrition, it is so complicated. And I don't believe that anybody has anything figured out. We're just all trying to learn. We're all trying to make these breakthroughs and discover more. And we do that together. And we do that by coming down off the pedestal, taking other people down off the pedestal, and just being more compassionate having more empathy, listening more, and just bringing all of our information together. And, you know, like I like to use the analogy of the puzzle and how, you know, we we all are missing certain pieces to the puzzle. And if we don't utilize each other and the knowledge from each other, then we'll never bring those pieces together. You know, also like the analogy I love how there's two people, we're both looking at the same mountain. One is on the opposite side of the mountain and it looks completely different to what I see. And so as we try to describe what the mountain looks like on my side, the other person might be like, no, we're looking at the same mountain, but on my side, there's a great big waterfall. Like, why can't you see it? And, And then we get angry with each other. And it just becomes this where that's what creates so much contention and arguing because we are all describing the, the mountain or the other analogy I love is the six blind men and the elephant. They're all touching different parts of the elephant 
and they're all arguing like, no, the elephant feels like a fan, you know, what the one blind man's touching the ear. And he's like, it feels just like a fan. How could you not know that? And one blind man's touching the, the tail. And he's like, no, it feels like a rope. And everybody's arguing. But they're all trying to describe what the elephant is, but they only have certain pieces of it. So if we all bring our pieces together, we stop arguing and we stop believing that there's one person that knows that has all the answers, then we will be that much better off as we listen and we learn from each other. So thank you guys so much for letting me have this therapy session today, letting me cry and letting me be vulnerable. I just really value you all who are listening and here with me and my friends and thank you. I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.